I wish I could join you guys and sing together. Very nice, very nice. Thank you so much. We do not like wilderness. Oh, scripture reading, yes. Just like Inki Kim Moksanim. Thank you, Misa. Just like Steve did to Inki Moksanim, you did to me. Thank you. Today's scripture is taken from Exodus 16, verses 2 to 15. A little long, but please uh, listen. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh spots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the, in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked towards the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of the Lord. We do not like wilderness. We are fearful of any barren land. Why? Because wilderness is a place of lifelessness. There is no water, no plants, and thus livelihood is seriously threatened. No one likes to go into the wilderness. So it is a natural response that we will try our best to avoid any wilderness. We will go around the wilderness 
even going extra miles if we can avoid the wilderness. Today's text shows us the story of wilderness. The ancient Israel people, when they came out of Egypt and came to the wilderness called the wilderness of sin, here sin means moon in ancient language, they started to complain against their leaders, Moses and Aaron. Let's take a look at the map. The green color, that's, the, that's their journey. And it's not that long when they, when they left Egypt and they started to complain. Their complaining is the evidence of their dislike of the wilderness they happen to be in. And today's, verse, today's passage, verse 3 says, the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into the, this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. As we can see from this, when we face life difficulties, something we cannot handle, something we do not know, do not want to face, we always want to go back to the past in order to escape the harsh reality. And as the Israelites said, they ate good food in Egypt. But that wasn't true. Most of the time, those memories are not correct, but just our wishful thinking. We overpackage the past experiences because we do not like the present situation. The more we are afraid of the current situation, the more we will cling to the past. That might give us instant gratitude uh, or peace of mind, but our life will not progress, but stall or even regress. This is how we would react when we are going into the wilderness. We will spend more time on the thought that I used to be like this, the, you know, those glorious days, things like that. But we need to realize that such action and thinking will not help us at all. It will not brighten up our present time nor the future. So what should we do with the wilderness, which is part of our life? Sometimes we cannot avoid that. Just come, it comes at you. And then we are like plunging into that wilderness. What we need to understand about the wilderness is this. We should not always try to avoid or detour around the wilderness. Wilderness should not be something we always avoid or dislike. Why is that? It is because radical truth is hidden in the wilderness. There is a secret in the wilderness. Since wilderness is a place of lifelessness and we humans cannot produce anything there, paradoxically, we can trust God and meet God in that wilderness. Helplessness and hopelessness are the characteristics of the wilderness 
but they can lead us to the God who created this universe out of nothing. If there's a tiny, tiny possibility by human eyes, there cannot be wilderness. But in that wilderness, I think, yeah, it doesn't make sense here, so. <laughs> if there's a tiny, tiny possibility by human eyes, there cannot be wilderness. But in the wilderness where we do not have any hope, we can begin to see God and God's help. Thomas Merton, one of the spiritual giants, talks about the wilderness in his book, Thoughts in Solitude. The desert is therefore the logical dwelling place for the man who seeks to be nothing but himself, that is to say, a creature solitary and poor and dependent upon no one but God, with no great project standing between himself and his creator. Wilderness can be a scary place to humanize, but it can be the place and time for us to meet God in a real way, an authentic way. Please pause for a moment and reflect upon what I just said. Through our knowledge and experience, we will conclude that wilderness has no life in it. Therefore, we cannot do anything about it. But because of such very same conditions, we will be forced not to rely on ourselves, but to look for our creator God. John the Baptist used to say this, I have to decrease and Jesus has to increase. But in wilderness, we need to empty ourselves totally so that God can be God in that wilderness. My friends, faith, by definition, is a radical thing. Faith urges us to choose either this or that whether choosing my ways or God's ways, whether choosing me or God. If we try to have it both ways, we will not be able to accomplish anything. The way God works, God itself, is mystery. Unknown and unfamiliar is our God. We heard from Reverend Inky Kim at NBC last weekend that St. Augustine said something similar about God. He said, if you understood him, it would not be God. If God works as I want, and if God's, God is in my control, that God is real God? That is not God, but idol. If we want to see God and meet God, we need to look for the unknown God and unfamiliar God. Where can we meet this kind of unknown and mysterious God? Wilderness. In today's text, the Israelites were wondering about this flaky substance they never saw before. Verse 15 says, When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread 
that the Lord has given you to eat. These right people encountered God's mystery in the wilderness. They did not know what this white and flaky stuff covered the ground. But because of this, they survived in the wilderness. Have you heard the word manna? Manna? Manna is a Hebrew word meaning, what is it? It signifies beyond our human experience and knowledge. It signifies, indicates something greater than ourselves, something mystery, mysterious in God's work. This manna was there for the Israelites for 40 years when they were in the wilderness. It never stopped. God took care of them by supplying manna and quails while they were in the wilderness. My friends, wilderness will strip away what we know. It will stop us from doing things by our own effort. Wilderness will disconstruct us so that we can be constructed by God again. Therefore, wilderness is nothing but a blessed time and place we will encounter God, be molded by God. When we live this life, we will go through the wilderness period here and there. Because of unexpected life's challenges, we feel like we are plunged into the wilderness. Because of the hardship the life throws at us, we are pushed to be in the hopeless and helpless wilderness. I cannot help but to share this story with you. It was April 21st this year when we had Evangel Hall Ministry. It was ESM's turn, so some of our ESM members came out and helped, such as Katie Eng. That's the very day Katie found out from the hospital that her cancer spread to all her body. But you know what happened that day? Katie decided to come out and still served at Evangel Hall that day. She said, whether I die today or tomorrow, I'm ready for this. And I have things to do today. That's what she said to me. She was so calm. And her heart was at peace because she went through the wilderness already and found God in the midst of it. I have served this church from 2002. That means it has been 14 years. It has been my privilege and honor to witness the passing of our members and attending their funerals to say final, pay final respect. And I have witnessed that some had so genuine faith and some did not. How can I know whether genuine or not? Am I being so judgmental? But my friends, I can see genuine faith makes a huge and real difference when one is facing, facing its death. For the ancient Israel people, they needed the wilderness time 
before entering into the promised land. God purposely drove the Israelites into the wilderness. Why? The Israelites may become free physically from Egyptian bondage, but their hearts and minds were still bound by the memories of Egypt. They had to learn to rely on God totally. God did not want them to live as slaves, but as God's people. That's why God put them in the wilderness to reshape them and refine them. Only after the wilderness, the Israelites were able to enter into the promised land. And God was there for them all along, walking with them in the wilderness. Thomas Merton, in his another book, Bread in Wilderness, says, When Israel went out of Egypt and wandered in the desert, God became a pilgrim with them in the dark years of their tribulation. A few years ago, we heard from Reverend Inkikim during the ESM retreat that every story in the Bible and every story in our life has the theme of the movement from bondage to freedom. The fact that Israelites were out of Egypt has the same movement And when they became God's chosen people after the wilderness, that has the same theme, that is, from bondage to freedom. In this sense, God did not test the Israelites in the wilderness, but trained them. God wanted them to put their trust only in him. God wanted them to learn a new way of living, not following the old ways, their ways, human ways, but God's ways. God provided manna to them because God wanted them to put their trusts only on God. They could not store up more manna even though they could gather them. Whatever amount went over the daily potion went bad. God wanted them to learn to rely on God day by day, moment by moment. That is the new way of living, walking with God wherever we may go. Jesus too, after his baptism, he was driven by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness before he began his ministry. Jesus needed time and place to learn God's will alone in the wilderness. If this is the case, how much more do we have to go through the wilderness period? When Katie told me about her condition on that day in April, Bob Kim was there as well at Evangel Hall. He came to me and said to me, Muksanim, I feel like I am Job in the Bible these days. My friends, how are you doing? And how is your life lately? Has your life been like going through the wilderness? Helpless and hopeless? 
Remember that very moment. We can experience the living God and God's mysterious grace. Let us open our hearts, open our hands, lift them up to heaven. That's something we can do in the wilderness. God will send us manna and quails. When we have nothing and when we cannot do anything in the wilderness, I hope and pray that we will be able to see God truly and thus meet God. When we face challenges, and it feels like a huge wall to us, that's the very moment we have to wait and see how God will work for us. You know the word Sabbath. Have you heard of it? Sabbath? Sabbath day? God created the world in six days, and God rested on the seventh day, and he called it Sabbath. And its original meaning, Sabbath, means to stop. In the wilderness, we have to stop being the old self, but to look for God for help. Psalm 46 echoes the same thought. Be still and know that I, that I am God. Unless we become still, we will not be able to hear God's voice. The wilderness indeed demands our patience. But sooner or later, God will provide manna and quails or something we could not ever imagine before and guide us through. So do not dwell in the past nor be afraid of the future, but go into the wilderness directly. Do not go around the wilderness, but take a good look at the wilderness and go straight through it. God will be there for you. I think Viktor Frankl said this. He was a Holocaust survivor and a psychiatrist. We cannot control what will happen to us, but we can control how we would respond to that. When we walk through the wilderness and seek God's help, we will find God sooner or later. God will make ways in the deserts, and God will make rivers in the wasteland. And God will provide us what we need and fill us up with God's grace. My dearest friends, let us embrace wilderness in life, and let us turn our wilderness into God's true blessings. God is waiting in the wilderness to train us and to help us to enter into the promised land. Who is a true spiritual person? Who can be the true spiritual person? For those who will go through the wilderness and come out like pure gold, refined gold, with more appreciation of life. That's the secret of wilderness. And the secret of life. My friends, whenever you feel like you're in the wilderness, just pause. 
Stop trying to do something by your own effort. Be still and know that I am God. Listen to that voice and open your hearts, open your hands and ask God's help. God will come and save you. God will provide something we never ever imagined before because that, that is our God. That is our God. Christian.
and know how good you are, how great you are. Let us take a time to pray to God. Let us have communion.